Good morning. Y'all stand, let's sing together, Made to Worship. chairs are still being pulled out after nine. That's a great thing. And we welcome all visitors and we hope you find a, a good time and a good place to worship and you uh, fellowship with us this morning. Let's sing together, Here I Am to Worship. Oh, 
training him early to be in the band. <laughs> With that said, let's sing How Can I Keep From Singing.
since summer hit, they've all come to hear Don preach. I kind of, yeah, that's, yeah, I take this real personally. But no, I'm glad to see you. And uh, turn and find out who that is near you. I'm sure there's somebody here you don't know. And they're kinfolk. So greet them. And children, we invite you to come forward for a few moments of sharing.
I don't see any Brandon kids. Where are you? Come on. Come on. I'll get down here with you guys, see if my knees will let me get back up. All right, everybody having a good summer? Oh, got more coming. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't be shy. I don't bite. I may nibble. Okay, everybody having a good summer? Did we have lots of fun yesterday? I know there was a bunch of you here. One more? Come on. I'll make time for you. Okay, all righty. So uh, there's lots of fun things we can do during the summer, outside and inside. Um, even on rainy days, there's things you can do inside. Anybody ever get the prize out of cereal? Yes, no. Shake your head, somebody. Okay. Um, anybody ever seen a, a Cracker Jack box? Click back there, please. There we go. Well, inside a Cracker Jack box, every once in a while, you can find a decoder ring. Click. <laughs> well, and there's even famous books about codes. Click. <laughs> Did you know that Peter told Luke a story about Jesus when he gave out a special code to the disciples? Well. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, he receives, who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Click. The code Jesus gives the disciples is, and us is to keep praying. God doesn't know all, God doesn't always give us what we think we need. God opens the code to keep us asking. Try, ask and you'll get, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened. Everybody look up there, you can see a picture of Jesus knocking. It's more important than any secret code, more important than remembering the code that opens up your house or your car. The code opens up with prayer. Let's use the code now and pray. Dear Lord, we want to thank you for reminding us about the code of prayer. We will ask, we will seek, we will knock. Amen. If you look carefully at the children, you will see they are exhausted. Our men wore them out yesterday around here, entertaining them so moms could have a little time off. But I, vice versa, <clears throat> they wore you out. Well, y'all do look a little beat too. But uh, the children really this morning had just been, <clears throat> so it's good to see them uh, worn out for a change. Uh, good to see you here today. Glad that you could be here. And if you are visiting with us, we hope that you will come back on numerous occasions to worship and visit with us. After this time together, we have Sunday school for all ages. Uh, all the children's rooms are over here now, either on the first floor or the second floor. Youth are also here on the second floor. There's some adult classes here and a few scattered in the other building as well. But we'll be glad to help you find um, a place where uh, you can meet a small group of, uh, of friends and get to know our church a little bit better. And then, of course, we have our 11 o'clock uh, worship service in our sanctuary, our traditional service, and we invite you to come to, to that as well. Some people double dip 
come to both, and that's especially good on days like this when uh, you have two different sermon possibilities, uh, you know, to, to hear Don and me both that way. Uh, so anyway, hope that you'll uh, take part in all the good things going on here at the church. Also want to give you an opportunity to do two things. One is to register your attendance, and there'll be a book passed around for that, but also um, to share any prayer concerns you might have. And the way we do that is to write the concern on um, uh, an index card. And if you will let us know where you are to pass a card to you just by lifting your hands, we will get you a, a card and you can write something and we will collect that uh, in a few minutes. So uh, ushers help us with that. <clears throat> um, in case anybody is curious, um, Anybody ever, I went to the doctor on Monday and he uttered a four-letter word that I had not heard mentioned with, with me before. It was called gout. And that's why I was limping around here all last week on crutches Monday. Um, I, I thought gout was something that only old people got. <clears throat> it is, that's exactly right. <laughs> a week before that, Pete, Smith had said, you know, I think I see a little cataract growing on your eyes. Okay, Pete. Uh, so all these wonderful signs of advancing age coming upon us. Uh, one of the things that uh, is a, a blessing that we get to share together this morning is uh, a recognition of a church member and a baptism as well. Uh, I want to re recognize Chris Major, if you will stand. Chris transfers in with, uh, to be a part of our family with his family, um, coming to us from the Anglican tradition. Uh, and if you know anything about Methodism, you know that's where we all came from. So uh, uh, we're, we, we're kinfolk. Is that, that's right, isn't it? Did I, get it right? I thought so. So uh, we welcome you. Glad to have you here. And we invite you to continue living out your membership vows that you took there, but with us now. As I like to say to people, you still are under oath to, uh, to the vows you took earlier. We're glad to have you here. I uh, wanted to share this time in baptism, too, for uh, our foster child. Uh, Ryan Thomas Foster, child of Greg and Rochelle Foster, and I know that there are lots of grandparents and friends here, so we invite all of you who wish to come and stand here as we share together this time of baptism. Greg's our sound man. You can't be up here. <clears throat> Gracious goodness. Look at this good family gathering. And what a fitting occasion for us to be together as, as a family too. I will invite you to join in in a few minutes to follow along. We have the service uh, there on the screen and it'll be a part where you get to respond and give your support um, to Ryan in a few minutes. Dearly beloved, baptism is an outward and visible sign of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ through which grace we become partakers of his righteousness and heirs of life eternal. Those receiving the sacrament are thereby marked as Christian disciples and initiated into the fellowship of Christ's holy church. Our Lord has expressly given to little children a place among the people of God, which holy privilege must not be denied them. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he said, Let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. 
Do you, in presenting this child for holy baptism, confess your faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? If so, will you say, we do? Do you therefore accept as your bounden duty and privilege to live before this child a life that becomes the gospel, to exercise all godly care that he be brought up in the Christian faith, that he be taught the holy scriptures, and that he learn to give reverent attendance upon the private and public worship of God? If so, will you say we do? Will you endeavor to keep this child under the ministry and guidance of the church until he, by the power of God, shall accept for himself the gift of salvation and be confirmed as a full and responsible member of Christ's holy church? If so, will you say we will? Now, if you would uh, turn in your prayer cards to our ushers. We have lots of wonderful problems here. I mean, it really is wonderful. We've got too many children to watch after during this service. Isn't that fantastic? Um, just such a blessing that God is giving us, and we will certainly find a way to rise to the occasion um, when we are blessed as we are. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for this day and for all the things that remind us of your love and grace and your dreams and hopes. And we remember that someone has said that a new, a new baby, a baby's birth is a, a sign 
from heaven that you still have hope and confidence in the future of your creation and of the, of the human beings you made in your likeness. We're thankful for that great hope because sometimes we don't have the hope that we need to have. How good it is to remember that you have hope and dreams for your children even as we have dreams and hopes for our own earthly children. These are our special prayers for the day. We pray for a father's quick recovery. We pray for healing and comfort for Mike Berg and Carl Reinick. We pray for a son, Ted, who was just diagnosed with cancer. We pray for strength for facing upcoming surgery. We pray for people seeking work. We pray for healing for Don's dad after skin cancer removal. We pray for struggling marriages, for safe travel for vacationing loved ones, for strength in cancer fights, for healing for those who are sick, for life-giving rain, for successful pregnancies and healthy babies. We pray for troops in harm's way and their families and loved ones. We give thanks for the continued healing of Aaron Stewart. We give you thanks for the precious life of Ryan Thomas Foster. We pray for your blessings of health and healing upon little Eli Watson. These are our prayers through Jesus Christ who taught us to pray saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now I would like to introduce the husband of the reigning lacrosse champion coach from Riverside High School, Deanne Lewis. Oh, by the way, this is Don. <clears throat> I want to I offer a couple of thanks before I do anything else. First, I'd like to thank Arthur for allowing me the opportunity to, to do this and allowing this sort of thing to happen in this church. I want to thank Alora, who helps me a lot back here behind the, the, the wall with the clicker. And uh, I want to thank the band for allowing me to make some last minute requests uh, and, and helping out. Uh, I get a, I'm a little teary here because I, first Arthur, you want to know how to draw a crowd? You have a baptism. <laughs> and you know, the baptism ceremony is what brought me back to the church at age 30 after a 14 year walk in the wilderness. So every time I see that baptism thing, I just get a little bit shook because I know what it meant. Um, I, I was sitting on a pier last weekend on the North Carolina shore and, and the wind was blowing in my face and the skin was on my, my, the sun was on my skin and I was breathing this warm, moist, humid air into my lungs and it just hit me. I'm, I'm in this picture, I'm there with suspenders. Um, what hit me is a question. Uh, it was Independence Day weekend, 
and the beaches and the pier were crowded, I had this question, should we celebrate, in addition to Independence Day, should we celebrate Interdependence Day? Or at least should we contrast the two? Not independence, but interdependence. Let me take you to scene two. I'm walking down the beach, listening to my new iPod. It has my favorite music on it, most of which was recorded between 30 and 40 years ago. And as I walked, I realized how self-absorbed I was. Instead of being part of the fantastic surroundings, I'd made myself an island. I was oblivious to everything around me, and I was in my own world. And the next day, I took the headphones off, and I walked back to the pier, and I was taking it all in. Now, the last time I spoke here, it was Pentecost. And we shared a bit of the power of the Holy Spirit by demonstrating to those present their memory powers. We used the three rules of Wesleyan living. And I would ask you, how many were surprised at how long they could remember the pictures and the three rules? It was a bit of a surprise to me. The scripture lesson for this week that is recommended by the lectionary, and for those that don't know the word lectionary, lectionary is a guide that's, uh, uh, that's used by the church. It's a schedule of scriptures so that the church goes through a, 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 a series of scriptures to cover the whole Bible over time. And it's about the whole, this week's lectionary, one of the recommendations is about the Holy Spirit coming as Jesus promised. And I was, that was the, the one that I had in April. And then this, this week I was a little bit surprised because I went back to the lectionary and I found another passage focused on the Holy Spirit. And I wondered, what message am I supposed to bring today? And it actually it came to me on the pier. Today's lesson comes from Romans 8, 1 to 11. It is written by Paul to the new believers, but it's applicable not only to new believers, but to never believers and to those who have been de-churched. Hear now the words of the Bible from Romans 8. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Because you belong to him, The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, 
but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. The Holy Spirit is a difficult concept to grasp. One way to describe the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives comes from an old animation series. How many of you know what character has the following title? Lord High Keeper of the Knowledge of Right and Wrong, Counselor in Moments of Temptation, and Guide Along the Straight and Narrow Path. It was Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy may be small, but he's far from your average cricket. He can turn an umbrella into a parachute and looks great in a top hat and spats. He carries a mean tune as well as a nearly inexhaustible supply of home-brewed common sense. It's no wonder he was chosen by the Blue Fairy to be Pinocchio's official conscience. Unfortunately for Jiminy, it's only after he blushingly agrees to his appointment as Lord High Keeper of the Knowledge of Right and Wrong, Counselor in Moments of Temptation and Guide Along the Straight and Narrow Path, that he realizes what a job he's gotten himself into. Like anyone's conscious, Jiminy is occasionally late on the job and frequently is ignored even when he's around. Fortunately, Jiminy is nothing if not persistent, and he eventually succeeds in steering Pinocchio back to the right path. For Christians, the Holy Spirit takes the form of Christ. When we live in the Spirit, we are living Christ-like. We're faced with constant choices in how we think and act. Sometimes we realize things we did or thought wrong after we've done them. Sometimes we think or do wrong things even though we know they are wrong. But Christ within us is persistent when we believe in the gift of salvation, when we believe in the gift of resurrection, 
when we know that we're not islands, we are not independent. We've been blessed with free will, but we are totally dependent as people on God's creation. During the summer, Deanne and I spend our time in Anderson. We attend the small Methodist mission church there, a church that goes back to the Revolutionary War. Let me define small. Volunteer speakers and musicians. One piano, no pastor, no budget, no staff, no phone, one room, wood pews, and altar rails with no nails, just pegs, no heating or air conditioning, just open windows, no padded pews, and no restrooms. When a lay speaker from Townville was preaching on the Pentecost there, a rush of wind blew through and blew his papers from the pulpit. When the pastoral prayer was being prayed, he prayed for rain and a crack of thunder shook the church and a pouring rainstorm came for the next 10 minutes. It felt holy spiritual. There's a sense of interdependence when you feel the breeze and hear the birds and look out the windows at creation during the service. It was that experience and the lectionary of April 28th and July 13th that led me to speak today on the Holy Spirit. The experiences of the beach, and the old church in Anderson led me to these two points. One, we are not independent. Though we have free will and can act as we choose, we are totally interdependent. God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit are unchanging right and wrong, good and evil, are unchanging. The litmus test is what pleases God. The interdependence concept is hard to get, especially for a generation of self-absorbed consumers as we are. As humans, we are interdependent on the earth for air, water, food, and fuel. As members of Memorial and the Christian Church, we are interdependent on other Christians to keep the local church vibrant and the community safety nets in place. As U.S. citizens, we are interdependent on all the countries that we import from and all nations to keep the world at peace. We are dependent on the heavens to give us the ocean tides and night followed by day and the warmth of the sun. 
the tie that binds it all is the Holy Spirit. To live in the flesh is to be fooled into believing we are independent. To live in the Spirit is to acknowledge that we are interdependent. Point number two. We are constantly confronted with the Spirit of Christ. We see Christ-like people in the world. We see people who are in need of Christ. We feel the presence of Christ in both expected and unexpected settings. We have within us a Lord High Keeper of Knowledge of Right and Wrong, Counselor of Moments of Truth, and Guide along the straight and narrow path. Only in our case, it's not Jiminy Cricket, but Jesus Christ. I had a revelation at the pier. The revelation came in the wind. In the wind, I felt the Holy Spirit, just as it's described in the Bible. But instead of just feeling it, I found myself challenged to absorb it. There was Christ in the wind, in the breeze. I found myself able to open my heart and eyes and ears and touch and taste, not just to experience it, but to absorb it, to take it in, to feel it. It helped guide my thoughts and it resulted in the words that you're hearing today. If Christ is in you, the Spirit of God and the power of the resurrection live in you, Paul set forth a clear comparison between living according to the flesh and living according to the Spirit. Living according to the flesh means living according to human desire. Such a life is controlled by passion or lust or pride or ambition. The person's life is self-absorbed. In contrast, living according to the Spirit is new life, focused on Christ. It's a life that's relinquished control to the Spirit of God. This life bears spiritual fruit and practices faith and ministry and subjects itself to Christian discipline. I leave you today with two challenges. Challenge number one is to comprehend interdependence. Comprehend interdependence. It's a difficult concept to grasp, but it's clearly the key to understanding the power of Christianity. You are interdependent. Challenge number two is a bit simpler. I challenge you to absorb the Holy Spirit when you feel the wind. Take 10 seconds to take it in. Know that Christ surrounds you with love even when you don't realize it, even when you're ignoring him. Jesus is persistent and he will never give up on you. Use the wind to connect with Jesus. Let the wind carry you into the world to make a difference somehow, and he will raise you up on eagle's wings. Amen.
I ask the ushers to come forward and the band to come forward and to join us in the offering.
going to do. Let us stand and do the affirmation of faith together. Uh, we will skip the last song, but we'll do our affirmation, then go to our benediction. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. Third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Now may you go forth in peace with the Spirit of God coming to you to gently nudge you and guide you and reform you into the image of Christ. Amen.